Welcome, everybody. Sonic Talk number 301. 301 uh, is, in fact, if you're a web programmer, will know that that is a uh, resource moved, permanently redirected code. Not sure why I had to say that, but... Um, or a very quick game of darts. A very quick <laughs> game of darts, yeah. A short form of darts. Good arrows there, uh, Dave Spears, uh, first in. Uh, anyway, um, let's say hello to you while you're there. Um, we've got Mr. Dave Spears over there in uh, GeForce land. Uh, with, uh, of course, the Synthi AKS behind him, and what looks like the Oberheim... Is that the four or an eight voice? I keep forgetting which one it is. It's a seven voice at the minute. I've swapped, <laughs> ah. swapped one out. It's got, yeah... One you lent, lent one to somebody. <laughs> well, actually, it's kind of hanging out. Hang on. Sipping shit. No, oh, that's a terrible it. sight, isn't There's it? one sort of hanging out. So I swapped it over, and uh, it's all working, so actually I can take the extra add on the expander box to the repairman to Kent ah. who's already got and then swap over loads of stuff that he's already got of ours it's uh, just a never ending job actually I saw a really good video on um, on Synthtopia about a bloke doing a dead mouse cover uh, I don't know if you saw that he was just playing and the main kind of riff he was playing on a, a Monopoly which uh, just made me think I really must get mine fixed because that sounded great it was just really yeah, good yeah. it was a great thing so yeah that, I, I'm unlikely to ever uh, the problem is with th- synth fixers, and I'm sure it's not, you know, I, it's just because there are so few of them. Whenever they go, it's kind of months till you get it back, really, isn't it, generally? Well, Kent's been actually really on the case. I think he might have had these for a couple of weeks. Wow. I'm obviously up for Kasabian, actually, so that was the kind of, look, do a really good job on this, and I'm sure that they'll come back and give you more staff. Right. Anyway, he's inundated. I think at last count he had something like 180 analogue synths in his... Workshop Jesus. stroke house stroke. Jesus, oh, that's yeah. that's um, that that that's kind of worrying, isn't it? So we were lucky to get a fast turnaround, but you know we're having to do it in three runs. Uh, you must have mentioned my name. Yes, <laughs> Nick said you will have it done by tomorrow. Yeah, of course. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us, Dave, and we'll go over here to Mister Rob Percelli, who's failed muso, um, who stepped in at the last minute because we had um, a bit of a dearth of guests, frankly, because um, uh, about half an hour ago, it was looking like me and Dave, and uh, Dave panicked and invited uh, a chap who's been on before, and I panicked and invited Rob, and Rob actually just said, no, I'll come in, I'll be very happy to. Um, so thank you, Rob. Rob uh, runs failedmuso.com, and um, are you having a kind of uh, working from home day? Every day is a work, work from home day now. Um with with a new job so that's why i can participate here and why i kind of threw myself at you uh, earlier on today and said i'll do it i'll do it excellent well i'm glad you did i um, very much appreciate it um, of course i met your boss um mr yes. muffwiggler mm, yes mr muffwiggler <laughs> it doesn't sound right saying that does it my boss is called <laughs> mr muffwiggler no <laughs> no well I've, I've um I've, I've clearly had to ask permission to uh, take some time off work to do this today so hopefully he's either watching live or he'll um He'll watch the uh, the podcast later on. So, hi, hi, boss. Um, I will be doing some work later on. It's all related. It's all good stuff, isn't it? Oh yeah. I've just realised that my my uh, my window opening there just c- turns you into Ob Uricelli and Ailed Muso, which um, 
I don't know if you're feeling well or not, but if you're not, then I suppose it could be appropriate. (laughs) Anyway, we'll jump now to uh, another guest. Um, This is Dave's Dave's good friend, um, or at least I'm making an assumption there. I I, I think he is. Uh, It's a bit pixelated, but um, this is... Mr. Andy Shillito, um, no fixed abode, you'll notice I've put there, um, uh, Andy, because you've not got any web resources apart from the, uh, let me see, the darkness, which is, which is what you do. You're darkness front house guy, and um, there they are. You're just back from the States, right? Uh, yes, indeed. I don't know if you can hear me. My connection isn't very good. We can, can you hear, hear you. Okay? Yeah, we can. Okay. Uh, yeah, just back from leave again Friday for Scandinavia and Europe. Yeah, I noticed there's a there's actually, uh, uh, if I flip to this other pack, there's a, a very long list of dates that take you up to the 21st of March. Um, so it looks like... Yeah, correct. Wow, some of them are back-to-backs as well. God, that's, that's pretty <clears throat> hardcore. We're pretty hardcore in the darkness camp. I'll tell you what, Andy, what might be better is um, for you to switch your video off because then we'll get a better quality audio at least and then it won't be quite so um, hard to follow because it is just a little bit crunchy. That might be the best thing to do, if that's okay. Oh, I don't know. Camera is now off. Okay, that might improve improve the audio quality and then we get to see your lovely lovely Phil Linnett, um, that classic Thin Lizzy sort of, you know, born to rock kind of shot much more exciting than looking at me in my kitchen I'm sure so um, you've just been in the States last time we spoke to you you've been supporting uh, Lady Gaga is this still go- ongoing or is this a different leg that you're, you're working on at the moment no we finished the Gaga thing in uh, just before Christmas and then America was five weeks of our own shows club shows um, Gaga. we did four months of it um, and I believe it's over now um so yeah, back to our own shows, which is nice. Yeah, does that mean you get to uh, you get to have the front of house and you can uh, hog the dressing room and have all the jelly babies? With the you don't have to you don't have to pander Absolutely. to any other star. You can be the exactly star, the, the difficult stars. Yes, yes, which is what it's all about. I remember last um, time. I remember last time you came on. You had the fantastic story of what was the worst technical thing that happened, and it was the uh, hitting the solo on the. Uh, on, on the, I think it was on the master, but one of the buses, and it just killed everything halfway through the show, which I thought was a brilliant admission. Yes, never, never an easy moment. No. So, uh, what uh, do you do? You make any unreasonable requests now? You're sort of uh, now it's your uh, your tour essentially, or are you uh, you just kind of easy life? Well, they're pretty easy, really. But um, I make requests that other people seem to think are unreasonable. Like, can you stop? talking when I'm mixing, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Surely you couldn't be able to hear anybody talking at a darkness gig, or is that that sensitive acoustic number? There are very, very quiet moments, but there is one. Ah. And people always choose to talk in that one because it's the only time they can hear themselves, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's usually local house guys and stuff that are... Ah, yeah, that's no good, is it? Just used to talking. Um, I don't like... Uh, on a serious note, I don't like anybody in a particular area. In your mixing area? Yeah, I like a bit of free space. You like to flail? Um, I do flail a little bit. (laughs) Uh, And there's the occasional Liberace-esque. Ah, well, sort of uh, delay, cut, flourish. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. I like to to put a minor show of my own sometimes. Excellent. Does anybody ever watch it? Uh, uh, Somebody did come up to me once, actually. 
after a gig said, I spent most of it watching you. Oh, uh, wow. That, I have to say, it wasn't a darkness gig. That wasn't a darkness gig. It was when the uh, the artist on stage wasn't particularly enticing <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I was going to say, which might be a perfect link into our first item, um, which, of course, is the fact that um, Kraftwerk have been playing um, extensively. They've had a series of eight dates in uh, at the Tate Modern, which looks like a great gig, and it seems like the place to be. So sadly, um, Dave Robinson couldn't make it this week because he actually went on Saturday night, and uh, and I haven't heard from him. But uh, if I switched here, we've got the pictures of, of what's been going on, and uh, there's a bit of video and stuff. But what was really funny, um, I've got a, I've got a slot. So this is posted by somebody called Pete Olbrecht, who uh, who basically said that. Uh, um, you know, he posted a, a video from it. And I just wanted to quickly show it, because this is, I mean, this, by all accounts, is the gig to be at. So there they are. And this, of course, uh, the classic, the model. They've been doing one album, uh, one album a night. Uh, and I, I don't know if, oh, yeah, so tonight is uh, The Mix, 1991. And uh, tomorrow night, which is the last one, is uh, Tour de France. Presumably without any uh, references to uh, Lance Armstrong, I'd imagine. Right, I'm not going to play all of that because I'll get busted for it. That's why I'm talking over it. But um, it seems to be like the gig to be at. And what looking at that, I was just thinking, God, it actually looks a bit like either a political debate where they all stand behind lecterns or a quiz show. But it's the classic three, well, four blokes messing around with laptops. It doesn't really, see, you know, but they seem to be able to get away with it. And there is a bit of a, um, uh, a sort of Guardian um, summary from one of the Guardian journalists on, uh, on the Tate Modern site that just sort of says, I don't know why it works, because we give everybody stick for, you know, doing exactly that. But somehow it just works with them. I wonder why that is. I mean, anybody, I'm guessing we might be, there might be at least one or two Kraftwerk fans amongst uh, my guests. I'm not sure if Andy Shillito is one of them, but I'll start with, uh, with Rob. You haven't been, have you? No, no. Um, do you know, I, I saw the tickets come out. And 60 I thought, quid, I think they started at. Yeah, and I thought, well, I'd, I'd want to watch all eight, and then they put this ridiculous like, embargo on there that you couldn't buy blocks of tickets or stuff and it, it, I thought £60 a pop and there's eight gigs it's a lot of money and I'm already I'm seeing Depeche Mode and Peter Gabriel this year so that's already taken up a couple of hundred pounds and yeah I, I love craft work I totally respect everything they've done I've got all the albums and unquestionably brilliant 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 band but do I want to stand in the tape and watch four people stand behind like you say it looks like the first round of Pointless doesn't it it's uh, it's just give me sell me the you visual. are the weakest link yeah indeed and yeah sell sell me sell me a dvd or a blu-ray with the visuals on and i'll pop my headphones on put the music on and i'll, I'll do my own little thing because that essentially that's all you're doing and you know, stick a, a pair of 3d glasses on and you're just watching four blokes who three of which aren't even original members of craft work so by right. that i mean if one of them was gone and the other three were the originals i could say yeah you could you, know, uh, you could wear these three you get these 3d glasses it's a 3d show and it's mm. been a massive success. I mean, everybody's kind of... I, I, it's so massive that I managed to write a story about not being there, and it got loads of, <laughs> loads of page views, <laughs> which is partly one of the reasons why we're talking about it. But also, it's quite a, a unique event in, in many ways, because, I mean, I, I can't imagine this is likely to happen again anytime. But, yeah, you can see there, I don't know if this... Um, the, the, they're now going for over 200 quid a ticket. So, in fact, if you then chose at the last minute now to say, sod it, I'm going to go tomorrow night, I bet you probably pay four hundred quid for a ticket, and you could have actually bought a ticket for every night for only eighty quid less. 
But the thing is, would you want to go and see a band that's three quarters not the real band that actually made that fantastic music and whose who's in ingenuity and brilliance shaped the way that electronic music is made nowadays? And, uh, and it, well, that's, you know. a, that's a good point. That is a good point. I did actually try and uh, I made a contact via mute and said, look, is there any chance we can talk to anybody about the tech setup? And it was just like, no. <laughs> but the, they they did ask I mean the, the person I, in question did ask uh, I reply back is that an embargo thing or can we talk to somebody afterwards you know but but it's amazing that it's such a massive gig I mean it's great they're doing it in London I, Dave do you know anything about this has this got any uh, have you got any inside information or would you like to go Any of, answer any of those questions in any order uh, would I like to go I would quite like yeah no I would I'd like to have gone to the Trans Europe Express night to meet to David Bowie. Um, but, yeah, I understand what Rob's saying. There is that element of it. it. It kind of, it all got a bit establishment. But then, actually, you have to think that, you know, Kraftwerk... Sorry, there's a grey line in the chat room there. Go on. It's, uh, it, it's gig equipment. Oops, oh, hold on, I'll get there. Uh, what's a gig equipment? One CD player and four mini bars. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, sorry, carry on, Dave. No, 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 no not at all. Um, yeah, no, nothing really much to add. Yeah, I kind of agree with Rob in a way that the fact that, you know, you've got one original member, yeah, maybe. Weirdly enough, I do have some pictures of their tech setup, but I can't give them to anybody under penalty, under fear of death, basically. Uh, I'm guessing Ableton, Ableton Live, Live and a couple of, and four master keyboards. I can't say anything at all. But, you know, that, I know, I'm pretty sure that they were um, starting to use Ableton Live, from what I recall. I, I just seem to remember, I think I might have, because I was talking to Daniel Miller about it, I think, when we did a, a piece with him, and I'm pretty sure it was mentioned, but I could, well, my memory is probably only slightly better than, than them. Um, I would them love being to see him with old school gear. That would be really cool, you know, the same way that Jar did his concerts with the old analog gear. That would be. You'd really think cool. from the amount of money they're probably making out of these, they could have made the effort. But yeah. I'd, I'd have thought a lot of that stuff is not, you know, there's only one of them. It's interesting though when you watch that. There's something about them when they're standing there with those kind of uh, neon um, edged lecterns. A lot of those sounds just remind me of neon light, and I don't know what it is. It's like there's a sort of quality to it. It's like lightsaber sounds or something. There's this, it, it's a curious thing. I think we just had a little bit of a power outage there, which might result in um, us, yeah, being offline forever. You've frozen. Have I frozen? I've frozen. Mm. Rob's, Rob's good. So, sorry about that. We had a bit of a uh, Skype outage or just a brownout or something here, which I'm not quite sure. Um, Andy Shilato, I'm guessing, um, coming back to craft work, if you can remember, that's what we were talking about um, just before all this happened. Um, you ever had any... Yes. Uh, you, you've been on the road for a while. Have you kind of been... Have you been to any craft work gigs or have you, have you sort I of... Haven't, I haven't been to craft work gigs, although uh, I have a lot of respect for them and what they did and do and represent. Um, it wouldn't be the sort of thing that I'd... That I probably, I mean, I don't go to a lot of gigs. No, I suppose if it's the day job, it's probably. Yeah, you you finish up kind of going. Yeah, you no, want to you're all right. That, mate. You I want to, I want to watch EastEnders. Yeah. Well, no, it's not so much that. It's just, it's uh, you just finish up wanting to mix it differently. Ah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I could hear of of what they were doing, it sounded pretty. Uh, well, I do. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I, I I tend to find that happens to me when I'm mixing and other people come up to me and say, you want to be doing it differently rather than... Uh, <laughs> not that I do it very often, which is probably why I don't do it very often. But um, but yeah, I suppose I, I, I could... 
do have a friend though who um, I spoke to about an hour ago. He's a production manager, Bjork's production manager, and he went for his birthday and he absolutely loved it. Um, but I think you know a lot of it was he was looking at the production values of the show and stuff. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, it's an amazing uh, surround sound system, 3D graphics and all that sort of thing. But I mean, must be. I mean, the luxury of being able to put on a show like that for eight nights. I mean, you know, which means you probably get a fairly decent amount of production rehearsal as well. I mean, going to be able to put on a fabulous show, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, that, that is the ideal situation to do several nights in the same place. Yeah. Because you're just, you're just honing it all the time. Those are the, those are the kind of gr- dream gigs, aren't they, I'd imagine? They are indeed. Yeah, and you just walk away from it and know you don't have to be up all night kind of, you know, packing away or, or, or whatever, or travelling or whatever. That's just a fantastic uh, thing. No, and after a while, people generally don't. Um, your sound checks are more relaxed because you, you're refining things as opposed to trying to make things work as quickly as possible. Yeah, excellent. Anyway, we'll um, we'll move on to another subject just purely because uh, I, I feel like I've lost a bit of time, but due to the technicals, uh, I'm just thinking: um, would you be more? Would would your time be better spent talking about the Grammys or uh, Funk Gods play the sub fatty? I'm suggesting. I'm guessing probably the Grammys. I would think probably the Grammys. Yeah. All right. Well, that, I think that's a good thing to talk about because um, uh, somebody's must have watched it. Apparently, um, have I got anything to play? Let's just have a look. I'm not sure if I actually do. I've got. Um, well, we know the Grammys actually happened. You know, they happened uh, at the weekend and there were winners and what have you. And although it didn't seem to be have the same amount of thrill about it. And of course, you know, the, the one thing that did come about is uh, CBS, who are the broadcasters of it, had this, uh, this, this rather um, draconian dress code, which meant you weren't allowed to show the curved area of buttocks or breast or genital areas. It's very explicit in its language. It's actually quite funny. And then, of course, people proceeded. Well, most people actually seemed to uh, do the job, apart from Rihanna, who had a, had a, a see-through top. And um, Katy Perry, who, who I think wins the best presented female parts, which I'm just going to uh, show for our listeners here. I, I can't imagine um, how she got away with that, but astonishing. Her boyfriend's a very lucky chap. And, and amazingly managing to keep eye contact while talking to her. Cause I don't care how that, she got away with it. I'm just glad she did. Yeah, astonishing. But, I mean, Grammys generally, I mean, it feels like it's very pedestrian these days and sort of not very rock and roll and rebellion and stuff. I wrote a little editorial piece about that kind of thing and that uh, uh, Dead Mouse showed up with a kind of uh, your shit bums me out hat and he had to put a bit of tape over it for the red carpet stuff and, and actually looked like he really didn't want to be there at all anyway. But it just seems like, is it... Is, does it have any relevance? Because, I mean, you look at the winners and losers and it's sort of like Dead Mouse got, didn't get anything, Skrillex got a load of stuff. And I listened to the Skrillex album, the Bangarang thing, which is kind of like, it just sounds like somebody who always wanted to play the didgeridoo and made a, made a, has made a career out of, now I can get a synth that sounds like one and I'm going to use that over everything to me. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, but do, do they have any relevance, do you think, Dave? Oh, don't come to me first. Oh, all right then. <laughs> well, I, I'm because the see, thing is, is what I'm building up to the technical side of it, which then Andy can. Do you see? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, okay. It's called structure. 
I have no opinion on any of the whole Grammy stuff, apart from the fact that it was nice to see Dave Smith and Kakahashi get their little... Yes, uh, we sort of knew it was. I don't know who else was in the category, but yeah, good for them. Dave Smith and Kakahashi got for the invention of MIDI, which is brilliant. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I'm imagining that he wasn't didn't get to go up on the uh, the pedestal in the main body. They kind of have, they hive the all the sort of technical people off to a sort of sub-award where you just get like a few board photographers... And some sponsors sort of back plates and that's it, isn't it, really? Yeah. Te- he should have insisted, night. shouldn't he? And then just kind of made some massive speech. They should have, yeah. They're what they could, kind of going, who's this guy? Yeah, or? they could have just had some really dreadful mod patterns playing in the background, some general MIDI tunes. Yeah. That would have been a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone actually watch it? Um, Rob, did you get a chance to look know. at any of this? I mean, I don't know if it was even on, to be honest. I, 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 didn't, I didn't make any effort. I I, tr- I tried to watch the Grammys all the way through a couple of years ago, and it was just when it was kind of turning from something that was kind of had some credibility into now it's just um, I don't know whether it's me just getting old, but it just seems to be an industry pat on the back, and the technical awards, uh, which I think you know they're usually the night before, and like you say, in some much much smaller hall. Um, I like catching up with those clips and, and that, that kind of stuff. And, you know, best surround sound albums, damn sight more interesting than <laughs> best pop song. Um, but I don't know. It's all, it's all media and celebrity now. And I just, I don't think they're, it's that relevant. Anyways, as relevant as the Brits, and they ceased to be relevant many, many years ago. Yeah, I suppose so. Although it's, I'm quite pleased, um, you know, just a few, a few, um, points of the award let's see uh i'm glad to see that gautier got some stuff because that is a for a kind of number one song and album and you know all of that business it's actually quite a a funkily produced record you know it's sort of Mm. got some acoustic merit and some kind of proper songwriting and and it's not all done you know with with sample sets and what have you i quite liked or maybe but they've done it they've hidden it very well so i was glad to see they got some stuff uh there and but apart from that there was a lot of beards there this year i noticed (laughs) mumford there's a lot there's a lot of beards everywhere this year beards is yeah you your your chaps have got quite a lot of beards between them as well haven't they so there's there's a couple of beards i'm i'm now adorned with a beard ah is Um, that is that is that peer pressure Okay, yeah. So when we were on tour, somebody um, in America, somebody posted up on Facebook just one of those little things that said, um, "You become, you become like the five people you spend the most time with." Ah, so do you think that's it? And I just posted back, oh dear, really, because I'm spending four of the people I spend all of my time with. One wears a cat suit. One looks Mexican. <laughs> one, and uh, all. Oh, it's not the hazy, crazy days of the past. They're still crazy. So, uh, <clears throat> so who are you modelling yourself on? Is it is it Justin there? You, you I think it, I think it just grew. I think the beard grew before I knew what was going on. But no, uh, yeah, no think, time to I, shave. No time to shave. That's a great name for an album, don't you think? It's a great name for a B side. <laughs> a C side, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Seaside lower stuff. No, yeah. t- I'm, I think I'm going to use that as a show title. <laughs> um, but, but so, I mean, the, yeah. just coming coming back, I, I did find that onto the boys. I think they'd be quite pleased to. Use no that. time to shave. Yeah, I, if I could just get a credit, that'd be fine. Just a link somewhere. But the seaside thing, I think the lower stuff uh, <laughs> angle's good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, you call it. Uh, yeah. 
Um, the thing that's cool about this, though, um, and I, as I started looking into it, you know, I mean, there was all sorts of other stuff. It, I'm, I'm glad to see Jack White managed to allegedly drop the f bomb during the live show, even though they uh, they swear it was fight and not not the f bomb. I, I I really want him to have done it because he's the one person who I would expect no less from, and someone who would just wouldn't really care. You know, he's only there because because um, he wants to rock, and apparently he did rock. I didn't see it, but the other thing that I, that came up was that I was trying to find out about the technicalities of it because I mean. It's a pretty. There are 180 stagehands, and they've got th- three stages. And you know, I mean, it must be very difficult from a live point of view to work in these kind of television specials. And um, one thing that was quite interesting there's a, there's a, a an article on uh, Variety and um, technology news um, and the digital tech and how they set it all up. And, and back in the old days, apparently they used to use two desks. One would be, you know, setting up for the next band and the other one would be doing the next band. So, you know, you'd say, well, you had to kind of reset five knobs because you do it from an image to kind of set. And that must have been absolutely terrifying from a kind of timing point of view. But now what they do, they've got, they've gone back to when digital came in, they used one desk and then they've gone back to using two. So what happens is the band sound checks, then the next band, uh, is setting up obviously, and they're line checking on the other album. And then once they're back at the desk, and they flip the presets over, and then basically the band finish sound checking, go into the mobile of uh, where the second desk is, where they play back their sound check, and they continue to set up the mix from what they've just done. Which I just think is a genius idea. So essentially, they end up with a double a double length sound check. I mean, it's like virtual sound check. It probably means nothing to you, Andy, because you know you think, well, that's obvious, bleeding obvious. But you must have been in the situation yourself where you, you know, with the darkness or whatever, where you're in high pressure sort of TV specials or award kind of things. I mean, have you ever had to deal with that kind of stuff yourself? Uh, yeah. Uh, digital desks have been around for some time now, and they've been using them in TV for quite a while. So, so when we do those things, uh, the desks that you use in the room are digital, and the ones the broadcast desks are digital. Um, but having two on site is not normal, and it is a very good idea uh, because people do tend. To, I mean, for instance, on the gargoyle. Yeah. So I wasn't allowed to load my desk file until fifteen minutes before our show. Right, but you've done several shows on the same equipment on the same desk, um, so you know it's not really a problem. Um, but having, I think, having the the opportunity to let the band members or their their front of house or sound or or well, certainly not management. That's usually a nightmare. But um, getting a representative of the band to go in and check what the guy's done, yeah, is, so is a very good idea. Yeah, I and mean, also keeping them out, keeping everybody out of that place while the sound the, the original sound check's going on where all the pressure is you know well, I, I always have a thing with tv people where i'll just go in and introduce myself and then say right i'm going to leave you to it when you're happy give me a shout and i'll pop in right and i pop in and refine what they've done okay because sometimes they can get it so terribly wrong, as we've heard, you know, when there's the solo or whatever, and they're focusing on the piano player or something, and it just doesn't... Yeah, I mean, that's really common. It astounds me that that's still really common. Yeah, I mean, and it, there's nothing um, worse, because, I mean, it's like, you know, and it, it's sort of like, ouch, it just look... Uh, yeah. But it is. Yeah, it's live, but, um, you know, the, a, a small amount of research into... Yeah. Usually, each each act only plays one song or a couple of songs, and they do. When you're doing these things, there are like 
two sound run-throughs, two camera run-throughs, two more for the director. So people kind of, it's a controlled environment. People should know where things are coming from. Yeah, and I suppose the thing is that if you've got that many run-throughs, then they, they've got all the B-roll so they can cover, they've got shots they can cover. I mean, I imagine, you know, in something like the Grammys, they must do a dress rehearsal where they film everything and they must run those cameras alongside their, their you know, their state so that they can always flip to something else at the last minute. I mean, it must be, I mean, I, I have, I'm the vision-mixing side of things must be amazing. So do you find that when you go to these TV studios or any of these kind of events that you're welcome, your input is welcome? Because one thing that there's mentioned in the uh, in the um, variety uh yeah the variety article was you know sometimes you know the guy will come and mix it sometimes they'll just look over the shoulder and kind of go yeah a bit more here a bit more there and there must be that that dynamic must be quite um quite hard to read sometimes yeah it's it's quite tenuous it can be um but as i say i think i think it revolves around um letting people do their thing right and then going and realising that... They've got most of it right, they just need a bit of tweaking. Well, yeah, or, or however much you need to correct, that you still, you can't have everything. And yeah. you, need these, you need these people in your side come broadcast time. So, you know, ask for what you need to get it to where it's a good representation for the band or the artist. But yeah. if, it's not, if that's not happening easily, then don't push too hard. Because, it's because not, then you lose, you know. Yeah, and I suppose you don't want any resentment or kind of, you know, you know what, I can't be bothered with you, you're an arsehole, you know. That's, Absolutely, so therefore... and, and they come across plenty of those on such an event, you know. Yeah, oh, well, I'm sure they do. So, I mean, because they, they've got a front house as well, so obviously there's sound that has to be done in, in, in the thing. Would you get involved in that as well, or would you focus purely on the broadcast or kind of split yourself and kind of go, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, okay, we're good to go, and then sit back and swivel in your, your gas chair? Um, sorry, I missed the first bit of that. Was that the, the sound in the room? Yeah, would you would you be involved in both aspects of that? I would probably go and set the sound up in the room at the sound check. Um, and if it was a major broadcast like the Grammys, I, w- I would be in the truck during the mix. Right, for the for the broadcast side of it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you'd just play it safe in the room because it's a TV event and people in the room are not really that concerned with what it sounds like. They're more worried about the camera zooming up and looking up their skirt or whatever it may be, yeah, and all their posturing for the cameras, I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, and I think on the relevance of these things, I think that there are... I think there used to be a... Hello? Sorry, I I just got that. It used to be irrelevant. Do you think it's not some... With things like... um, I don't think it's so relevant now. I think it's... um, it's more to do with publicity for. It's kind of like it's either that or doing the Super Bowl half section of the entertainment industry itself, and also for the artists. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think you've got to keep that in mind when you're watching them. You know, there's a reason that Skrillex got the award and Dead Mouse didn't. Um, just in the same way that uh, there's a reason that the Spice Girls got loads of awards when they did, and indeed the Darkness did when they did, um, because. The industry couldn't really ignore it, you know. It needed to be attached to it, so... Yeah, 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 it's interesting. I, I Just going back to the... Uh, I, I don't know if Beyonce did anything there, but I watched a bit of the Super Bowl thing, and there was awful pictures of just a really badly fro- fro- frozen frame shot of Beyonce looking like a beast, which is the only time I've ever seen her looking anything but kind of adorable. But I watched that whole thing and um, that, that, that video, and, I mean, just the level of... 
stagemanship you know that that level of putting on a show it really is i mean someone like her and her people are just absolute you know they they must have the best people working on i saw her do the the i think i mentioned it when i saw her do the glastonbury thing as well and it was so showbiz but it was kind of like the pinnacle of the acceptable face of showbiz if you see what i mean rather than cheesy and um do you find that that's I mean, when you're working with artists, are they thinking very hard about what they're going to be perceived like, or are they just kind of doing their own thing? I mean, you're obviously working yeah. with... I think most artists, artists today are, are concerned from a professional point of view with how they're perceived. And like, for instance, when we were doing the Gaga stuff, um, because we were playing stadiums, not even arenas, and the boy, my boys, the darkness, weren't really used to doing that we filmed the shows from front of house every night so they could watch how it looked from a distance ah um, okay and obviously with the darkness it's a it's a fairly visual show and there's a lot of showmanship involved but it did actually affect the way they developed the performance and the set list so justin was then i mean Justin develops the headstand <laughs> on the drum riser right star kick thing um because uh, you have to make those kind of grand gestures, don't you? We should, uh, I should get some links up. But he developed that. He basically stands on his head and uses, yeah, he, he uses his legs to conduct the audience clapping instead of his hands. Um, and he came up with that principally because it projected better over a massive distance and on the screens. Ah, and indeed, okay. you know, would get forty thousand Lady Gaga fans clapping their hands because because it was a quite a cool move. But that did result, you know, that came out of some study of what can we do to reach to excite people that are you know two hundred yards away from us. Clearly, not the case with the uh, craftwork. No, I, I'm guessing they probably haven't been uh, studying any videos on how to uh, how to excite an audience. But th- I mean, the thing is that Twitter was um, full of amazing images, imagery from uh, above the stage, and, and the vivid. Really, they've obviously really worked hard on the colours and stuff. And it's interesting they're wearing those kind of Tron suits, which have a very interesting um, way of reflecting the light off them and stuff. So it's, it's quite cool. I don't know. Um, and also, you know, it would be great to be nominated for a Grammy, wouldn't it? I mean, working on something that's nominated for a Grammy or even winning one. I mean, we we kind of... I think, no, and I think the point you made earlier about, about the sounds sounding very neon and lightsabery, uh, I, I think that kind of show really, really does benefit from those kind of lights because I, th- I think, you know, a good lighting guy and certainly somebody in that situation where there's not much of a visual happening on stage... Is actually voicing the music with lights. Ah, yeah. It can bring your attention. It can bring your attention to a synth line, a particular synth line, or a particular kick drum moment, or yeah. No, I see like what that. you're saying. So it's a different sort of show, you know. You're not, yeah, you know, I, I, in you fact, you don't expect to see craft working suits doing handstands. That <laughs> um, would be pretty awesome. Wouldn't it? See a lot. Neon light. Sonic three seven seven says in the chat three seven six six in the chat says the tape venue is also very small, so there's a different visual need, which again is a a very valid point. And they've obviously been able to design specifically for it, and it's more uh, uh, intimate, I guess. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, 
Which brings me to, well, we were, we were sort of talking about ac- acrobatics and what have you. And um, perhaps um, we can now go on to, uh, this is it's sort of still a NAM story, but the, the, the tale of NAM seems to be getting longer and longer as people invest more time and effort into, into making it so. And obviously we've got some good stuff here. But I wanted to play uh, this one because this, um, this is cracking. I, I'm, I'm, now, I'm sure I've got it right. So if I play this, it'll probably work. Uh, here we go. Yeah, this is a Moog video that's posted. Legends at play. Stevie Wonder, Dr. Lonnie Smith, I think that's Lonnie Liston Smith, Larry Dunn and Bernie Worrell. Um, and this is him just, there's them just, just sort of playing on, the, uh, on it. And it's basically the, a chance to do a bit of wigging out. But these are kind of funk legends. And what an array. But the thing that got me, I'm not going to play it all. Like to play uh, Stevie Wonder because he's doing things using legato and note priority that just made me kind of go, "You've got to be joking!" And this was just off the cuff. I think he's playing something along the lines of uh, "Boogie on Reggae Woman." And uh, hold on, I'm just gonna. There we go. Here he is, Stevie Wonder. That was. Yeah, that sounds boogie like, but. I'll stop there. Um, but there's something about that. I was listening to the way that he was using the slurs and that. It was just, I thought, wow, I've never heard anybody play a synthesizer like that before. I mean, it wasn't as accurate as, you know, you wouldn't think, oh, that's a dead ringer for the... But, but that's the sort of... The movement in it was astonishing. Now, Dave Spears, you are a man who might well appreciate such uh, virtuosity. I mean, it's a shame they didn't... They couldn't give it a bit more atmosphere around the sounds. You know, the sounds weren't necessarily the greatest. It's a very dry signal. But, you know... All the sounds were the same, except when Bernie Worrell got on. I was like, so is that something like stuck on one sound or something? But if you added Donny Hathaway to that roster of people, that's it. That's my, that's virtually my entire life in there. My life's worth of influences in playing. Astonishing, really. Although I've got to say there was something a bit weird about that Stevie Wonder thing. The Wonder crew are a bit... I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff goes on around the Wonder Crew. I'd imagine. Well, I mean, undoubtedly, yeah. They. I think what happens, he sends his kind of people out, or his people go out a couple of days before and find out what's happening in the show. That, and then he gets kind of guided around. I think according yeah. to those booths. But you can't take if he comes on your booth. You can't take any pictures of him without express permission. There's all sorts of stuff that goes on. And if you look at that video closely, there's some really strange morphing stuff that goes on in the background. It's almost like they've overlaid, they've just cut Stevie out and kind of overlaid, and there's something going on in the background. Whether it was some backslapping or whether it was some people being removed from the booth is quite interesting. Uh, you mean, uh, I digress. Uh, yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah, no, really impressive. Really impressive. I, I can tell, uh, Rob, you're, you're itching to get in on this one. Um, <laughs> I don't suppose, well, you, you, you obviously weren't at NAM, but uh, I can honestly say the sub fatty is, it doesn't sound like that one sound, so I, I, I'm hoping to get one for review as soon as possible. But nice little, um, you know, nice to have those, that, that level of visitors coming along and, and playing, you know, queuing up to have a go on the sub. I wonder if they pushed out of the way. I'd Thomas Dolby. Watch, yeah, I'd rather watch those four black guys on a monophonic synth than craft work, to be honest. I'd pay excellent money to go and see just those four jamming on a, on a sub fatty um no i mean it sounds 
it sounds really, really good. I was a little bit um, wary of an- another kind of Moog monophonic type synth, but you know, I'm, I'm sure it's got its um, gap to fill. And, and, and Stevie is just <sighs> word, words, words fail me. He, he just yeah, no, I, I was. That's the thing that got me. You know, you sort of forget. It's like when when he plays. Um, harmonica solos and just go hold on what you did, did what you can't can, do can that, a human can play that sort of thing is <laughs> yeah. that possible um, the, the bizarre moment the bizarre Stevie Wonder moment um, that for me was um, and there's always got to be one of these gags in, in, a, in a NAMM show whenever Stevie Wonder's around was uh, Stephen Slate showing him the Raven MTX touchscreen which seemed a little you know, I mean you have to think yeah. what, what why what's that for it's just but, a photo let's op, be honest, Stevie Wonder could probably come up with something really really good on that because he's Stevie Wonder. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Probably right. Um, but a great idea for a video. I, and I, I, I'm going to leave Andy out. I don't know if, Andy, you're a fan of any of these guys or whether whether it means nothing to you at all, Vienna. I'm not an aficionado. I love those sounds and I love those bass lines. Yeah. Um, and, and remember things. Who? Uh, funky, funking for Jamaica. Yeah, I was just going to, who actually song. played that bass line? That would have been one that would have been good to hear. Anybody know? There's a pop. There's a pop person's question. Oh, that should be somebody like Warrell, shouldn't it? That really should be right. Yeah. That's it. I'm going. But I, I didn't realise that Bernie Warrell played on Talking Heads. So he did. He play that solo, that profit, that solo yeah. in uh, Burning Down a House. Oh, fantastic! It's just attitude. They play with such attitude. Oh, that's, yeah. I have to say, yeah. that's the one thing I really do miss about Nam is that sometimes you'll just get these guys come up her. Quite clearly from the school of hard knocks, and they just come up with fat fingers, and they just play these riffs and grooves that you just go, whoa! So much. There's just so much attitude there. there I have to say, um, the video that you sent me, and I saw these guys. These were the guys that were jamming on the uh, Dave Smith stand. Now, these have, um, uh, yeah. Well, check this out. This is pretty amazing. I have to say. Well, apart from that intro, it's a bit louder. Now, the guy playing the polysynth just does not look like your average funky dude polysynth player, but I don't I've never heard of him, but he's he's whatever it is you need, he's definitely got a lot of it. <laughs> really amazing. He's called Peter Dyer, and that's Carson Day on there playing the Tempest, which has got just it's got the groove, hasn't it? And I, the, I, the stuff I saw them playing was just them jamming together, and that was really. Yeah, that, I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. And uh, uh, so that was, yeah, that was Peter Dyer's keys, Carson Day on the Tempest. He actually provided a couple of banks of the sounds, preset sounds on the, which is why I recognise his name, and Zach Rudolph on bass. But that was, I mean, because normally I'd, I, I could, I could care, you know, normally when you see that sort of funk workout, it's like, <laughs> yeah, really, you know. But that, that adds something a bit extra, didn't it? That was just really quite special. And uh, Dave, you found that one. That was matey. No, we were just talking about the whole um, 
the tightness of that keyboard player. That yeah, device. he was brilliant, wasn't he? Ah, oh, brilliant. Because I think I'd quite like to have gone up to Stevie after Stevie did that jam and went, uh, maybe we should put like a 16C quantize on that, Stevie. Yeah, maybe you want to come and listen to these guys. Maybe it would have lasted before his kind of minders would have killed me. Yeah. Yeah, will check these guys out. Yeah. yeah. No, I suspect... I'd it would have been good to have uh, Mr. Wonder... Well, Mr. No, that, that, was, that was right next door. It would have been good to have Mr. Wonder show up on, uh, on that one as well. But did you it notice with, with the, those videos, Bernie Worrell and um, Mr. Dunn and um, the other guy whose name escapes me at the moment, they were all filmed from the front. Stevie was filmed from the back behind the plexiglass. Yeah. So w- w- was that a... Uh, uh, was that, was that a the apparition that I could see? Yeah, yeah that's possibly. right. That's what it is. You're, you're actually, Dave, you're, um, you were, you were, your, your, your what's it theory is perhaps um, blown out of the water now. Mm. Yeah, well, you Sorry, know, Dave. always good for being overreactionary and I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Skype's it's all not well. I think uh, what you know what I'm thinking. I, I just really quite like to to uh, forget about today. Technically, uh, for some reason now all the Skype shots are not showing up, and uh, it's gonna. I think my, what, what we might have to do is uh, is just maybe um, quit while we're ahead. In and that is in the fact that we've got everybody online and um, all of those things. But there's no video, is there? Oh man. I tell you what, I think what I'm going to do is um, perhaps say let's let's call it a day for today because obviously technically I think that that brownout on the brownout on the part the power, yeah, three hundred one the three hundred one code permanently redirected um, resource moved is uh, is probably the most apt interpretation of the number of the show, so (laughs) I think what I'm going to do is probably call it a day for today because I honestly the only way I'm going to get this back is by rebooting everything and re in the right order and then getting all the sc- and, and to be honest it's 10 past 5 and I, I just think it's it's it, it, it's perhaps not um, worth doing <laughs> let's quit while we're ahead so I want to say thank you to everybody for, for joining us even though there won't be any kind of uh, sign of them on the video sign out but um, I want to say thanks to Dave Spears um, I'll go there and you can you can be Dave in sort of non-video there you go you can have a black screen with yeah I can hear your audio but that's it but Dave, thanks for joining us and hanging in there. I'm terribly sorry about this. I don't know yeah, what uh, what's what's happened there, but um, that just seems to be the way. It's funny, isn't it? The um... so the best so the best topic we'll we'll, we'll drag it over to next week. Ah, the I Dream of Wires trailer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've ordered I it. An entire box of Kleenex for that. Particular <laughs> <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> All right. right. And on that note, good night. Good night. Yeah, thank you, Dave. That was. Uh, I'm very much appreciative of uh, you sharing that thought with me <laughs> just before I finish. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, we'll 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 resume next week, and hopefully, it won't be a. a we won't have a bad tech day. It's just one of those days. And I'm sorry for you, um, Rob, uh, failed muso over there. Um, uh, Failmuso.com. Um, I'm so, but maybe we can include one, another one of your, uh, your topics this next time. But thanks for joining us at the last minute, even though you've sort of haven't really had a fair crack at it this week because of technicalities. Well, thanks. You know, it's no ple- pleasure to be here. And um, yeah, uh, whenever you need me, I'm here. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Um, although I imagine after this week you might reconsider that statement. But thank you indeed. And um, we'll also say thanks to Andy Shudato, um, who I'm just going to throw that up, um, who's um, back off on tour with the Darkness. What end of the week? Friday morning. Friday morning. So well, just, thank uh, you. I don't know if you've still got video. Just, uh, no, just I'm not. Drying a cat suit in the airing cupboard. You're drying a cat suit in the airing cupboard. Nice. Oh, I am indeed. <laughs> 
one of your many tasks. <laughs> it is at the moment, actually, but there you go. Excellent. All well, about that next time. Yeah, well, thank you, Andy. Have a great tour, and thanks, everybody, for joining us. And once again, sorry for the technical issues, but hopefully um, there will be enough here for you to get your Sonic Talk fix. We'll be back next week with... Um, with not hopefully not more of the same, less of the same, and more um, other stuff where everything works. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Thank you very much, folks, and uh, we'll call it a day.